Welcome to another week of Soap Secrets. I hope you had a great week. We've got some brilliant, brilliant gossip on the soaps this week. And starting, as always, is Victoria Wilson with Holby. And uh, you're going to kick off with a bit of a bang, aren't you? Yes, there's been some exciting Holby news this week. It's funny how we were just talking last week about old poor Kush being murdered in EastEnders and we were kind of speculating on where um, actor Davood Gudami might venture next. Then lo and behold, it was revealed that he would be joining Holby City as, <laughs> uh, as surgeon Eli Ebrahimi. Um, he joins One so- I love the way they yes. soap pop. It's so weird because at first you're like, no, sorry, you're Kush. And then within about a week, you're totally brought into the new character, aren't you? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, uh, it's like, oh, um, Mark Elliott. Um, he, he was known for being EastEnders Christian. And then all of a sudden he joined Holby as Isaac, evil Isaac. But he mm. was absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm hoping there's a way they can they can bring him back in. But anyway, so uh, Davood joins later this year, and we're told that Eli is excitable, passionate, and exploding with energy. Mm. That description alone means we can't wait to see what he gets up to. Is he going to be a good cop or a bad cop? I should say, a good doc or a bad doc? Yeah, well, it's Holby, <laughs> so as as we always say, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so big um, episode last week, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Um, so last week's episode, um, end, oh, the, the most recent episode, we should say, um, ended with the death of Henrik Hansen's evil abuser, Sahira's father, Rahan Shah. Um, move on to the, that was that happened right at the very end. And as we um, opened this week's episode, um, Keon and Chloe are kind of, they're, they've, they've discovered he's died. Um, but as they assess the the, the deceased's condition it doesn't seem like he died of natural causes um and the parents, yeah so they're forced to um raise the alarm with um fletch who's who's obviously stepped in as acting ceo following um max's incident as it were um so now we know that tensions were running high um, in the last episode, we had Rayhan basically goading Hanson about how no one would believe his allegations in court. And then Sahira, who hadn't believed Hanson's claims up to that point, then discovered that her father had had actually abused her own son, Abs. Um, both had motive, I suppose, but could either of them be capable of murder? I, do you know what? I thought this might have been eked out a bit longer. I, I sort of didn't really think that this is how it would end. That I mean, when I say end, I mean the, the abuser, sort of mm. that's finished and over. Or did you see it coming? Well, I don't know. I guess now um, you still, you know, yeah, okay, he, he's died. But, but as with any sort of thing like this, I'd imagine the torment still lives on in Hanson. Mm. So I'd still very much see, you know, Rayhan doesn't have to physically be there to cause him harm. So I think that's probably what we're going to see. So I don't think the storyline is over by a long way. Okay. Um, There's further development with this storyline, obviously, because Fletch finds out what's happened and he he orders, he's sort of forced to order a post-mortem. Um, to determine the cause of death. Hanson's, Hanson's like, oh, um, you know, can I see the coroner's report? Um, but Fletcher's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm the boss and only I can look at it. So then we see kind of Hanson making a phone call to somebody. It sounds like they'd asked him, did he want to return as CEO when, when um, Max left? 
he did he didn't want it obviously because he was going through so much emotionally mm. um so Fletch stepped in but now we see he, it seems like he's maybe changing his mind as CEO <laughs> anything to get his hands on that coroner's report yeah um, and then I guess the question is you know will will Fletch um step aside he's, he's certainly having his work cut out in this week's episode our Fletch and um Keon is uh still up to his old tricks isn't he well, <laughs> there are some um, light-hearted scenes uh, this week involving uh, Keon and Lucky. Um, and at first it seems um, it's all going on between the pair as we see Lucky kissing a half-naked Keon in the locker room. Ooh! That came from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for her, we then discover it's all just a dream. <laughs> This is light-hearted. Yeah. Partly surreal, too. It's, it's very surreal, quite brutal. Poor Lucky. She's clearly got Aww. the hots for Keon. Can't work out why. Not. Oh, um, anyway, so Lucky's heavily involved in this, this case on Darwin of, of um, refugee Andre. Now, he's the guy who Keon recently discovered was being used as a drug mule. Mm. Um, and after surgery, Andre then uh, found Keon had taken a load of the drugs <laughs> that he took from inside of him. Uh, wanting to keep their secret secret, um, Lucky inquire, when sort of Lucky inquires about um, Andre's situation this week and Keon lies to her saying that he's notified social services about Andre. She, she, he doesn't want her to get the authorities involved, so he's very much trying to keep Andre close by, mm. um, and really close. It turns out because we we discover right at the end that he's he's actually taken Andre home to live with him. Um, oh. I suppose the question is, will will Kia, uh, will um, the question is, will Lucky ever uncover the truth, and um, will it colour how she feels about Kian? <laughs> Kind of should do. All be revealed. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't know though. I, I, I get, I, I guess I can understand where she's coming from. <laughs> and um, and and Fletch has got got his work cut out as well, hasn't he? As the new CEO, not you know, with everything happening, you know, last week too. But also Donna's up in arms, and she wants a pay rise for her nurses. Yeah, well, she she kind of feels that they're um, they're. They're sort of the unsung heroes. They're the ones who do all of the work and get none of the credit. Um, and, you know, she has a meeting. She, she calls a meeting. It, you know, it's always the doctors that, that get all, you know, get all the recognition. Um, so she calls a meeting with Fletch and the new director of funding, Jenny Sinclair, played by Deborah Stevenson. And she's, she's sort of just fighting the nurse's corner, really, um, she wants to make sure they're paid properly for overtime. Um, Fair and, and enough, isn't it, really? Yeah, and, and, and various other things. I um, don't know if CEOs have that kind of, in the real world, back in the real world, do they have that kind of uh, power to decide well, that? No, he basically tells her straight, you know, I would love to help. Because these, you know, you've got to remember, these are old friends. Mm. Um, so, yeah, of course, with the best one in the world, he would love to help her. And I don't know whether she's sort of leaning on the fact that they are, have always been good friends. Um, so to try and sort of get get what she needs. But, you know, she makes it clear that if if... if the nurses don't start seeing a change soon they are going to protest so he's he's sort of got that on his hands as well um this story takes a little bit of a turn in that obviously you've got 
uh, Donna there, who's worried about money and doctors having all the money. And there we are. We've got Dr. Dom on Keller, who's recently been given a massive payout. So already a well-paid doctor mm. who's rich, who's been made loads richer because of his payout over the situation surrounding his surgery. Yeah. Um, there's a quite sweet storyline going on there as well with um, him and uh, two women who are, have been undergoing IVF. Um, they have complications and they're like, they feel like they've reached the end of the road. Um, and then all of a sudden, a mystery benefactor puts five grand in their account. Mm. Who could that be? Mm. <laughs> Who could that be? <laughs> Who could that be? So, yeah, it's all going on. There's lots of light and shade again. It's amazing what they're being able to cram into these 40 minute episodes. It really but, is. Yeah, it's I, a really I, good week. I like the surreal part. I'm, I'm looking forward to that bit. Yeah, that's, that's good fun. Um, poor Lucky, bless her. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Victoria. Another, another great week. Um, we're going to go from one hospital ward to another. Um, casualty. So. Hi, Claire. Sorry, I haven't welcomed you. Claire Ruck to the room. Um, Hi, casualty. Hannah. Hello there. So, Jan's kind of very shocking drug storyline really wraps up this week, doesn't it? It does. It does. And we see a Jan. She's so nervy and distressed. Um, she's walking along the road with Fion and a, just, a, a, just a, a motorcycle just drives past her and she throws Fion to the floor because last time a motorcycle came up, they attacked Fion. So she's, she's really, really stressed about the whole situation. And uh, she thinks, I can't handle this. I, you know, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to confess all to the police. Um, and Ian is... is he, he's trying to stop her doing this because, like, he knows that if she does confess all to the police, there's only one place she's going, Hannah, isn't it? She's going yeah, to jail. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, does she? <laughs> so, in desperation, he gets a prison visit with her son, Ross, and he hates Ross with a passion because Ross supplied drugs to a friend of his who died. And uh, they cook up a plan for Ross to get his mum not to confess. So, um... Ross fakes a seizure and he gets taken to ER where Jan comes rushing in going, what's the matter, Ross, what's the matter? And he begs his mum not to tell the police, but Jan is resolute. And, and then Ian confesses all to Fionn as well, and she finds out the truth. Now, Fionn's a policewoman, so this puts her in an aw- very awkward position, an awful position. Um, you know, she's hiding something from, you know... Drug smuggling. She's hiding this from her, from from the authorities. This is really serious, um, and um, so she goes down to the police station and waits for for an appointment to confess all. Will she lose her freedom, her career, her wife, and her son? Is this the end of Jan? Oh no, surely not. I feel like she's done stuff wrong, but it's sort of a victim of circumstance to a degree. Yes, but she still smuggled drugs into a prison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a bad thing. But I feel like it's, she's not a baddie. <laughs> you know, that there must be some reprieve for somebody who was backed into a corner in the way she was, or that she might do a bit of time, but not, not yeah. loads. 
You'd have to wait and see how it plays out on the oh, screen. And, and Leon leaves. I know. I'm so upset. I couldn't believe it. When I read this, I thought, no. And then I watched the episode and I was even more upset. I mm. think Leon brings a lot He's to, to, to the series and to the paramedics. Because, you know, Lev's really grumpy. Phoenicia's quite bubbly, but she's a new mum. Jan's been doing all the drug stuff. And Leon, he just gets on with the job. He smiles. He, he chats all the ladies up. He's just, he's just a great guy. Um, um, but he's only there on secondment, and he goes for, he goes for a job interview because a, a, a position opens up, and he's going up against Ian Dean. Um, you know, he's he's he has worked there before. Ian, he's part of Hems, um, and very sadly, Ian gets the job, and Leon leaves. Mm. I think I want to say to the writers, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back. Definitely, there's always room for Leon. Yeah. Make another job available. <laughs> um, it's a bit of a great week, actually, because it's a special treat. Um, we have casualty expert Elaine Riley chatting to Di Botcher, who, as you all know, plays Jan. And she'll be talking about, you know, what's going on and this kind of real walk on the wild side. So really exciting um, to, to chat to her. Hi, I'm Elaine Riley, What's on TV's casualty correspondent. So we're joined here today by Di Botcher, who plays Jan Jenning from Casualty. And Jan's shocking drug smuggling storyline is about to reach a big conclusion. So um, Di, what can you tell us, please? What about Jan's uh, shocking drug smuggling? Yeah. Where is it going? Is it a nice, meaty storyline? Well, who, do, who doesn't want a nice, meaty storyline? <laughs> it's sort of a bit sort of stressful. I think my, my shoulders are up around my ears by the time they shout cats. Okay. But, um, <laughs> 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 but uh, yes, it's, it's, it's wonderful to do. Uh, we were a bit hampered by having to do everything with PPE. Uh, on so that we were completely, we were all completely dressed up in our, you know, protective uh, uniform. 
but also you can make a virtue out of that, which I think the director did by just focusing in on the eyes, <laughs> <laughs> which are, which is because you feel so isolated in that PT, uh, and you can't react like a normal person, and mm-hmm. you just sort of looking around, waiting, well, waiting for somebody to say, "Oh, you." what you're doing you know it's pretty horrible really done a really good job i mean just imagining um if things go completely pear-shaped she's potentially looking at prison sentence here how do you think how do you think jan would get on inside um i think she'd be like queen bee actually i think that she's got a lot of skills she's all good organizational skills obviously anything to do medically she'd be okay uh, and she's a leader, she's a natural leader. So I think that as much as she'd be absolutely, you know, out, um, uh, out of her mind with upset, I think if once she settled in, if she got a big long stretch, she, she'd end up like Queen Bee, I think. We could have a um, spin off there. <laughs> <laughs> she'd be all right. I can see it. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I'll just turn that off now. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for that. Now, moving on to the cobbles. It's going to be another big week. I mean, I keep saying this. I feel like I might as well just sort of repeat, press repeat every week because it's just bumper week after bumper week, isn't it? But this is really is going to be a big week yeah. um, for Coronation Street, isn't it? It is. So um, Coronation Street, if you ask me, has been on fire. It just doesn't stop. It goes from one big storyline to another, and this is another big storyline. So we've had, we had, you know, really back from last, well, last November, you know, when when um, Leanne's little son died, uh, and then she, we went through all the drug stuff with Harvey. We're still, we're still sort of wrapping that one up, but this week is the beginning of, an, of another big storyline featuring all the young cast members, and it is really all the young cast members. I think it's a good idea to do that, actually. I think it's a great move. Yeah, it is. Um, and you, you really, as a Corrie fan, you won't want to miss this week. So... Um, we talked about this last week. Next week, it is it is um, meant to be the wedding of Abby and Kevin. Um, and this week, so then they're having their hen and stag do's. Uh, and uh, Abby fears her wedding is cursed, and she might well be right with the number of setbacks she's having. And the biggest Wouldn't, who would have thought that in a soap? <laughs> Weddings never just go. <laughs> And so the biggest being, of course, Kevin and Tyrone falling out, and that's so sad. I know, I know, Tyrone and, and Fizz were your favourite couple, and he's run off with Alina and and all of this. So we had all of that last week with Tyrone saying, "Hey, I'm bringing Alina," and you know, and everyone getting a bit upset. He's so tone deaf, Tyrone. Honestly, he is. he's not my favourite anymore at all. No. So, uh, so yes. Yeah, so she really feels that her wedding is is um, you know is cursed. And uh, so, but the hens and stag do's go ahead this week, and as they're going ahead. Asher, Dev's lovely, really gorgeous daughter, has taken up with bad boy Corey, and they've actually moved in together. I mean, I can't... I mean, all women love a bad boy sometimes, but she's really picked a wrong one there, I think. Mm. And, um, you know, and she's not a bad girl, so she wants to do boring, girly things like staying with a box set, and he wants to go out and be a bad boy. So, desperate to keep his attention, she agrees to go with him uh, and his mates in a stolen car for a joyride, and they end up down by the canal a couple of others are in there with them summer 
uh, and Kelly. So this is, as we say, all the youngsters. You know, you've got Asher, Cora, Kelly, Summer, Amy sensible Amy despite the fact that her mummy is Tracy doesn't isn't there um and um and then walking along the canal loved up come goths Nina and Seb uh, and what next I have to give a warning is absolutely shocking absolutely shocking um Seb is Abby's son and um Nina and Seb are subjected to an unprovoked and vicious hate crime attack by Corey and Kelly just because of the way they look. So so they sort of... So Asher, at this point, and Summer have gone home. Um, They find out the car is stolen. They're unhappy. They leave the canal area and and, and walk home. So they're not there. Kelly, um, she... Egged on by Corey, she slaps Nina, but that's all she does, and then she leaves. But then Corey and his gang set about and attack oh these my gosh, two this lovely is just people. So awful! It oh, is, awful. It's, and it's not just a black eye. It's very serious. Nina needs surgery, and Seb is hospitalised, looking black and blue. Will they? Will they remember what happened? I mean, you know, because. Or, or will they be too frightened to tell the police? You know. Well, so I mean, that's going on to next week, which which I can't really talk about. But I mean, I think I think um, Nina needs surgery, so there is a possibility she won't have memory. Memory, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, they are very badly attacked. As I said, it's not just a black eye. You know, needing surgery is, is very serious. And uh, Abby and Roy rush to the hospital, and Abby obviously cancels the wedding. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, as the gang close ranks, will the police discover the culprits? I jolly well, I hope so. That's absolutely horrible. It is, isn't it? It's shocking. Oh, it's absolutely gosh. shocking. Well, do you know what, though? It's a really... Um almost doesn't feel like we're talking about Corrie does it no it's no. funny it's but I think it's a really good thing to do because I think quite often we focus around these sort of older cast members and actually you know these are the the, the people that will be the future so yes. it's really good to get behind them so we're definitely an episode not to be missed um Emmerdale moving on to Emmerdale um Bernice is returning to the Dales. I know. Samantha Giles is finally coming back. Yay. I'm pleased about that. That is great news. <laughs> she needs to, doesn't she, Hannah? She really does. Daughter Gabby's pregnant with a tape baby. Yeah, this so is just a bad thing. Bad news. <laughs> She's got to come and sort things out. She has. She has. Gabby's been really reeling without her mum there, and I think it's about time, you know, Bernice came back. And also, Bernice's ex-fiancé, Liam, is about to marry Layla, so it's all going to kick off. Absolutely yeah, all going to kick it off. It really is. And um, got another big shock this week, haven't we? Because, yeah. uh, well, it is really shocking. Lydia finds herself being arrested. Yes, she does. Lovely Lydia. She's, she's, you know, there's no way she's a criminal. She's married to Sam. She's, she's, she's just, she's just lovely. And she's very, she's very caring. She's a a caring dingle. Um, And, um, you know, she's been, she's had success at counselling Vinnie um, after hit the loss of his father and, and, um, and his father beating him up. So she's been really helpful. And Mandy persuades her to apply for a pupil liaison job at the local school. Um, when she does the interview, obviously, as we're all doing interviews at the moment, online, and she does it in the cafe. And um, as she opens up her laptop, all these weird sort of pop-ups 
come up and she doesn't she's not she's not a bad person she doesn't really understand what they are and gets rid of them she does the interview and then just as she's finishing a police officer enters the cafe and arrests her hannah on suspicion of running a scam pension scheme Mm. so i can only think of one person here um who set this up can't you well i would have imagined it would have been paul Mm. um or it could be mac moira's brother but it's got to be somebody that has access to the laptop house Mm. and the laptop because Mm. the laptop obviously sits in her house so they've so paul was coming and going from that house a lot Um, i mean once they start you know really drilling down surely she'll be off the hook pretty quickly i would hope so yes yeah Mm, poor lydia i know Mm. Gosh. Right. EastEnders. Don't tell me. It's another explosive episode of EastEnders. I can't cope. (laughs) And also it's regarding your favourite couple, your other favourite couples. So um, Linda is forced... She's forced to admit that she thinks she's pregnant. Wow. I mean, I just... I didn't see this on the card. No. Yeah, but is it mixed? I mean, let's be honest, she did have a dalliance with Max. Is the timing about right? Well, we'd have to wait and see. But um, Mick knows about Max. She does. He does. Yes, he does. Mick's such a nice person. I can almost imagine him just no. going. Do you know what? Finding it hard, but getting on with it. He might well do. We don't know yet. We. I mean, she did sleep with Max at Christmas. She did sleep with him. Mm. We know that. The fans know it. You know it. It's Everybody quite a long time, it. though. Quite a long period of time before finding out you're pregnant. I don't know. I'm. I'm being. You know, it's got to be Mick's. <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> oh no! Oh. It's just more trauma. Um, so, so actually, in um, uh, the the uh, the the actor who plays Linda um, is actually pregnant in real life, and I suspect maybe maybe the writers are doing something. Kelly yeah. Bright's pregnant. Yeah. And, you know, they've got so many pregnant ladies in in EastEnders. There must be has something in the water. So, Stacy. Um, Lacey Turner, who plays Stacey, she went off on... She's had her baby. She's on mat leave. And uh, Louise Litton, who plays Ruby, she's also pregnant. Um, so they're obviously going to have... But she's only just pregnant, so they're going to have to write her out. And obviously, Kelly Bright is pregnant, so at some point, um, she will have to take a mat leave break. So who mm, knows? Who knows? So, yeah, it could well be... Yeah, yeah I see trouble in my crystal ball. Um, <laughs> um, and last week... Um, Little Bailey ran away from home. I know. Um, sort of concerned that, that that she was kind of a burden, I suppose, on the family, which of course she's not. But the whole square turns out to look for her. Um, but they don't find. Well, we see as the viewers, don't we, that she's sleeping in a sleeping bag, bag yes. under an underpass, which isn't is not good at all. Um, and I guess the question is, will she be found in time? Yeah. Yeah, this is a really serious question. I mean, she's very little. She's 11, 11. She should not be under an underpass in a sleeping bag with her with her. Oh, she's with her a dog. baby still. She is a baby. And, you know, I'm very worried about her, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, the whole square turns out looking for her. They, um, Jack suggests they do a, an appeal. Um, so, yeah, they, most of the, the, the week, this week, they are looking for little Bailey and... Will she be found in time? Do you know, you can't really pick your, your um, soaps these days, can you? No. For storylines, no. because they're all just absolutely banging. Um, okay, Hollyoaks. Um, first appearance, very excitingly, of Curtis Pritchard as Jacob. 
I know. We saw his brother, AJ, AJ Pitch yeah. up, um, pitch up oh, about a month ago now, I think it was. Um, and this week we see Curtis, and they're both good-looking boys. So, of course they you are. Know. Mm. <laughs> and as as um, he plays Jacob, and as he meets up with his brother Marco, uh, it's clear they have a plan for Trish. What are they up to? Because they're both dancers, and she runs a dancing studio. I suspect mm. there's nefarious plans afoot. Mm. And kind of on the Sienna storyline, some some are still hoodwinking Sienna, isn't she? Yes. And pretending to be her best friend. It's it's a bit mm, it's a bit grim yeah. to watch. It is. And this week, you know, Sienna, you know, she had wanted to get back with Brody, but, you know, Summer's got her claws into Brody and that's not going anywhere. And so she's, she's been on a dating app and she's uh, excited to go and What could on. possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a soap, so quite a lot. Um, this week, um, she, she gets, she goes, she's been on this dating app and she, she gets a date with um, this guy called Leo. Um, and um, uh, so Summer's, Summer's a bit bit obsessed about this and wants to, you know, wreck more, more havoc in her life. And uh, she breaks into Sienna's flat. And while she's there, she hears Sienna's phone go off. And she sees the message, and it's from Leo saying, hey, can we rearrange? Um, and so Summer answers the text, and she rearranges it. And then Summer pitches up at the new meeting place pretending to be sienna what is going on mm, what is going on you can't tell me can you claire no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know what to say another absolutely brilliant week uh, you need to tune in to every single one of them clear your diary i know it's not difficult right now but seriously those walks can wait and get get watching um, thanks for listening and we will be back next week <laughs>